0: scoutsagencycom com slash waitlist to sign up for first access. I'm bursting at the seams and I know I have to keep this a secret for just a couple weeks longer, so cannot wait. Okay, let's get into the episode. Have you ever said to yourself, this is just for now, All the while you're daydreaming about a different life circumstance that you'll one day courageously capture. Hi loves, I'm Scout. And every time I hear someone tell me that their job, career, relationship, life circumstance is quote unquote, good for now, my mind goes insane as I frantically try to pull the true meaning out of them and figure out actionable steps to achieve what they envision in their head. This idea of setting a better standard for your life is what this podcast is all about. Let's do this. Hello, everybody. How are you? It is 1239 on a Sunday afternoon, and I just got out of the shower. I have a coconut oil mask in my hair. Just straight coconut oil from the grocery store works wonders. Um, If you guys follow me on Instagram, at Scout Sobel, I have been kind of playing around with my natural curly hair, which has been really fun and new and giving me kind kind of a new persona. Um, a new energy, I would say, because I usually straighten my hair a lot. So um, it's been fun. And I thought I would hop on the mic today because I know I talk a lot about mental health here with my struggles with bipolar disorder, um, which obviously is one of the foundational roots of this podcast and the reason I started this podcast. Um, But there's a whole other side to me that due to my mental health and mental strength that I've been able to cultivate it, um, I have been able to live a certain life as an entrepreneur. And so I would love to talk to you guys today and recap the history of how I got into my entrepreneurial journey, the plethora of phases in my career, and how I got to today, which is being a co-host of OKSYS Podcast with my sister Mads running scouts agency, a PR agency, and hosting this podcast. So um, I guess we'll take it back to the beginning and I hope that this story helps those perhaps you're either graduating college or you're in college or you're graduating high school or you're just in a job that you don't like especially now during quarantine and the global pandemic of coronavirus. I think a lot of us are reevaluating our lives and what we want to do with it. So I hope this story is a story of inspiration and that I didn't have it all figured out. I am 28 years old right now, and I just felt as if last year I was actually coming into myself. Um, I have had so many iterations of my entrepreneurial career, which I will outline here for you. Um, But just know that it took a lot of trial and error, a lot of idea sparking in my family thinking I was crazy by doing another project or jumping into another medium or starting a new business. But really, it was just me swimming through the river trying to find the island that I wanted to live on. So don't worry if you've had a career and you've had multiple career iterations, you're kind of flailing around between industries, you're not 100% sure, that is the journey to find out what you're supposed to have. And if you know your passion, like you're very specific, like I want to be a fitness instructor and that's it, then it might just take a little bit to find the best studio to be in or the best studio to create or the best online course to create for yourself. So just know it takes time. And be patient, even though I'm so not patient, and that's one of my weaknesses. Okay, let's start from the beginning when I was a little child. A lot of entrepreneurs um, can reflect back on their childhood and recount memories of. Being an entrepreneur already by selling baseball cards to the kids at school, by creating lemonade stands every Sunday, by figuring out what needed to happen in the house and then getting paid accordingly, and then moving on to their neighbors and doing the same service. I was not that kid. I did not have an inkling of entrepreneurial pursuit in me as a child. Um, I, yeah, there was nothing. I can't recall anything that I created and wanted to sell. Um, but I always love to create. So I love to write short stories. And that was kind of my home base. And I wanted to be the editor in chief of a fashion magazine. When I got into high school, I did want to work. I had a sense, a very strong sense of wanting my own money. And that comes from familial situations, and which we can get into later. But I had a really, really big urge to handle my own money, to be independent with my own money, and to have purchasing power over how I spent my money and how I lived my life created through money. Um, I was 14 and I tried to get a job at the smoothie counter called DeLush at Fashion Valley in San Diego. And then my parents realized that they would have had to drive me to work every day after school on weekends. And they were like, no, we drive you 30 minutes to your school every day. We're not doing this. So I couldn't work, um, but I always wanted to. Like Even when I was young, I would be applying to jobs all the time. So there was definitely an ethic there that promoted me or pulled me towards working. Um, In school, I was an okay student. I got mostly Bs um, and I really did the bare minimum in the subjects that I felt were not going to alter my life or impact my life such as physics, statistics, math. Those were just not my jam and so I did what I had to do to get like an 80.0 and then in the Subjects that I did love, like art history and English and literature, I applied myself and got, you know, A's sometimes B pluses. Um, but I was actually, interestingly enough, extremely good at AP Econ, um, which was so left field for me. It was so out of character for me. It wasn't in the arts. It wasn't in creative expression. It was in none of that. And I remember um, after I got an A in AP Econ, um, my instructor, my teacher pulled me outside and he looked at me and he said, you know, I know you think that you belong in the creative sphere with art and writing, but I just want you to keep an open mind because I think you have strengths in other areas that you're not giving yourself credit for. And so that was the first time someone looked me in the eye and said, you know, you can do other things, right? It had never occurred to me that I would be anything other than an author or a creative writer or an artist it never occurred to me that I would like business and building businesses but he was the first person that put that inkling into my head and that was a senior year um, of high school so I didn't know what that meant uh, looking back now I do and it was an incredible gift that he gave me that he planted into my subconscious and I do credit him saying that to me as part of my success today. So fast forward to college, um, where I was dealt pretty heavily with my bipolar disorder. Um, My college career was crazy. I went to Berkeley City College. I transferred to Sarah Lawrence College for sophomore year. My junior year at Sarah Lawrence College, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, and I dropped out and moved back in with my dad, went through outpatient programs. um, And then years later, I'll just do my college career real quick. Years later, I went back to Community college at Orange Coast College in Orange County, where I was living with my husband, then boyfriend. And then I transferred to UCSD and then I dropped out of UCSD. So college was a whirlwind. It was spread out over years and years and years. It was not the regular college experience. And in between all these transfers, I was dealing pretty heavily with bipolar disorder. And so I started working um, because I wasn't in college for a while. And I worked at a gelato shop. And it was like my first. Job. I was a summer camp counselor at the Jewish Community Center, I think after my freshman year of college, but this was like my first real job that um, wasn't, you know, familial or with my friends. and It wasn't like camp. So I was a gelato scooper and I made crepes and I was 20 years old and I started kind of supporting myself off that while all my other friends were, you know, at UCLA <laughs> getting really good degrees and amazing things. I was scooping gelato. And the most important thing I learned at that job was I was trying to open a jar. I don't remember what it was, what was in the jar, but I was trying to open the jar and I couldn't. So I went to my boss who was a guy and I said, Hey, can you open this for me? Because I knew that he would much easily be able to open it because he was much stronger than I was. And he looked at me and he said, what would you do if I wasn't here? And I said, I'd figure out how to open it. And he handed me back the jar and I figured out how to open it. And that was one of the first, most valuable lessons I could have ever learned about business is that if there's no one there to teach you, you learn how to do it anyways. And since I did not graduate college and I did not have internships that taught me and nobody put me through formal training, that became the motto of my entrepreneurial dreams that I could just figure it out and do it myself. And I did not know that he was giving me the most amazing lesson and gift at that time, but it stuck with me so intensely that it really shaped my way as an entrepreneur moving forward. So, flash forward. I was dating my husband, then my boyfriend, now husband, and I was feeling a little bit stronger with my bipolar disorder. I was working in Newport Beach as a barista, cashier, and line chef at my galley cafe. Shout out, um, which is really where I learned hustle. I we had lines out the door, and there were three girls working in the entire restaurant, and we had to make breakfast burritos and lattes and do the dishes and mop and sort out the tips and ring people up and there were times when I literally did not stop moving for five hours straight just running around this small little cafe getting shit out and it was there that I learned A, the meaning of the dollar and B, the importance of hustling And I liked it. Like when there was a rush, I was like pumped, right? Like my adrenaline was running. I was like, let's do this. Like once I got comfortable in that space and a challenge presented itself to me, I was like, oh, we got this girls. Like, let's go. I was like a hype woman. I was stoked running around making breakfast burritos, making croissants, making paninis, flying orders out, making 10 lattes. I mean, the adrenaline that would run through me was so electric that I had an incredible time and I learned the importance of manual hard work. Um, I learned the importance of, again, as I said, the dollar, living off tips, how to treat people in the service industry. They were lessons that you just cannot learn in college. And I am forever grateful to that experience as well because it really, one, shaped my life and two, gave me the opportunity to develop my professional career at the same time. So I know I've been talking for 10 minutes. I just wanted to set the stage. Here is when my entrepreneurial self was born I was working at my galley as a barista, cashier, line chef, um, dishwasher, cleaner, whatever, everything. And I was enrolled at the city college to get my prerequisites done so I could transfer to a UC and finish school. And I had just come back from a trip to New York where I bought an indie magazine. And as I said before, I wanted to be an editor-in-chief of a fashion magazine. I had always loved magazines, had always read Teen Vogue every month, was very into them. So I was sitting at a coffee shop with my friend, one of my best friends at the time, And I was like, oh, I have to show you this magazine that I got from New York. And I pulled it out of the car and I showed it to her. And we were looking through it and getting super inspired. She thought it was obviously rad and beautiful and artistic and inspirational. And I just looked at her and I said, hey, do you want to start a magazine together? And she looked at me and she said, yeah. And all of a sudden, I felt an energy move through me where things shifted, right? Like I had spent so many years lost in and out of college, outpatient, random jobs. Um, And all of a sudden I was like, oh, this is fun. Like this is something I can roll with. And so we created this plan that we would just print the magazine at Kinko's, shoot it all with Polaroid and disposable cameras and just pass it out to the homies. And it would just be a local project that we worked on. And we said, yes, we're done. We chose the name. We called it Entity Magazine. And I went home and something shifted. Something in me was like, no, Kinko's isn't going to cut it. So I started obsessively researching printing facilities in the area, and I set up appointments with a bunch of different printers and found one that I liked and became quite close with the guy, Richard, and um, got quotes and realized I need needed thousands and thousands of dollars if I wanted to print a magazine on beautiful paper with beautiful binding and gorgeous gloss or matte or whatever it is we wanted to do. And so I said, where am I going to get the money? So I started a Kickstarter campaign and we raised $10,000. I had to put a little bit of my own bat mitzvah money savings in there. And we printed our first issue. We, um, My best friend and I worked on it together. And we printed it. And we just handed it out for free um, at coffee shops. We drove all around Southern California and dropped them off at coffee shops. And then the next thing was like, OK, well, we have enough money to create a second issue. What do we do now? And I decided that we needed a distributor. Just for context, I am twenty two, twenty three at this point. And so I submitted our magazine to a distributor. A national distributor picked us up and said that our issue two was going to be uh, sold in newsstands across the country. And so we created our second issue, which was much more beautiful than our first. Our first was a little janky. And then I woke up one morning to an email after we'd already seen the magazine on newsstands, which was insane, Um, the feeling of walking into a newsstand and seeing your magazine there as a 23 year old when I wanted to be the work my way up for years to be the editor in chief of a fashion magazine I it was it's a feeling I I can't explain and I woke up to an email and I saw an email and it said hi Barnes and Noble would like to carry your magazine Um, can you please answer these questions something very straightforward very simple and it wasn't it it was strange like it was just short and to the point and I was like what so I emailed back because I couldn't believe that Barnes & Noble was contacting me and I said I just want to make sure I understand this correctly you're from Barnes & Noble and you want to sell my magazine and they said yeah that's what we said in the first email and that was crazy um, they picked up the magazine our third issue we got Halsey the musician on the cover um, a bunch of our friends joined the team. We all worked for free. We all, you know, figured out our connections and emailed people and DM'd people and whatever we could to get people published. It was an all artistic magazine, so anything creative. And we got Halsey on the third cover, um, which was crazy. And talk about seeing your magazine in newsstands when you're 24 years old and you see, or thir- 23, I was 23, when you're 23 years old and you see your magazine at Barnes and Noble, it was surreal. And so needless to say, this was all happening while I was in college and while I was working part-time as a barista. And every time a magazine launched, one of our issues launched, it was finals week, every single goddamn time. I don't know why, and that was what it was. I was driving and picking up magazines and sending them to distributor you know, centers so they could be distributed across the country and working with my distributor and visiting the printing thing and driving down to my graphic designer who lived in northern San Diego and It was a lot. I was doing a lot, but I was on fire. I was electric. I was happy. I had a purpose. I had a passion. And once issue number three was distributed to Barnes & Noble newsstands across the country with Halsey on the cover, who was lovely, we had an incredible photo shoot with her, Um, I got into UCSD. And my husband got into USD. And so we were moving to San Diego. And my dad took a look at the books and said, you know, this has been amazing what you've been able to accomplish but it doesn't look as if it's a viable business that's going to make you money unless you have a very large investment and really work with someone. And at the age of, I was almost 24, getting an investment and running a company, like that wasn't in my scope of believability. I was still pretty bipolar. I hadn't graduated college. I was 24. All of my friends were working good jobs and making good monies and supporting themselves and I felt behind. And so I didn't know what to do And I said, okay, well, maybe it's time for the magazine that, you know, it had its run and I need to finish college and I'll use it as a stepping stone towards my next whatever it is. And at that moment that I decided that a friend knew somebody who was looking to invest in a magazine to create a digital version. And so I linked up with her. And long story short, she bought into the magazine, making me a minority owner. And we rebranded Entity Mag to EntityMag.com and it became a digital women's media site. And I served as the director of operations and I worked my ass off that year. That was the year I learned about business. So when I started the magazine it was more about creation and how to create a project to follow through with tasks, to create something, to raise money, to budget. This was how do you create a viable business? I went through business boot camp that year. It was incredible. I was on fire. I had a confidence about myself that I was like a career woman and I was driving up to LA once a week. I was taking 21 units in college and it came it became very clear that the website needed me full-time. And so I made the decision to drop out of college. I felt as if college wasn't going to get me to where I needed to be. I felt that real-lifetime experience as an entrepreneur was more valuable than a degree. I believed in myself in the sense that I knew I could execute and get shit done. And I had the ability to think of something and then physically put it out there into the world. And I knew that if I worked with this woman that I would eventually grow into something amazing and that nothing, that no business school could have given me. And I told my dad when I started UCSD, like, look, if I get a job somewhere working, I'm going to drop out because working is my jam. Like that's what the entrepreneurial spirit gave me. That's what my magazine gave me. It made me realize that working and creating and producing and executing fulfills me on a very long, very large, large level. So, I dropped out of UCSD and I was the director of operations of EntityMag.com, which is still around today and thriving and one of the fastest uh, growing women's digital media sites that has an amazing emphasis on mentorship. And it was a wild ride launching that. And the magazine got to a point where we really needed me in Los Angeles. um, But my husband was finishing up college and a PhD program in San Diego. So, I decided that I had done my part in the company and then I decided to move on. So it was sad to move on, but I love checking in on them and it's doing amazing. And it was, as I said, one of the most incredible, growing, learning experiences of my life. I learned so much from the woman who took me under my wing, her wing and um, trusted me with this project with her. So then I was like, what do I do now? I didn't graduate college. I do have two incredible launching of a business experience, Um, but I didn't graduate college and I didn't know what to do and honestly I had been working really hard for a while that I decided to kind of take it easy for the year. I had saved up some money from working and I decided to live off of that for the year and kind of just do a passion project and so I said, you know, I really understand WordPress now because of launching EntityMag.com and I'm really into Instagram and so I decided to launch a blog. I called it Review by Scout And I started my podcast, and it was called Podcast by Scout, which would then become OK Sis, which we'll get into later. But the year was up, I got married, and I had no more money. And so I needed to work a job. And I was applying and applying and applying everywhere, and nothing really fit. Something about me, one, always said that I could never take a job that I didn't love. It just is not in my DNA. My bipolar would flare up. But two, I really wanted to get to work and do something passionate. I also felt a little weary about working under somebody. I had kind of always been my own boss and my own leader in my space with my magazine, with the online digital media site, with my blog, with my new podcast. And so I was a little weary of that. And none of the opportunities really worked out that I was interviewing. People thought that I was either overqualified and also nobody asked me if I graduated college, which I thought was really interesting. And then at the same time, my mom was starting her tech company And I was with her one day and she said, oh, I'm hiring this person for something. And I looked at her and I was like, excuse me, you know, I'm looking for a job. What the fuck? She looked at me and she said, oh shit, did not put two and two together. Do you want it? And I said, yeah, I want it. So I became the director of operations of my mother's tech company. That was a startup in the startup phase. There was only one other employee. It was three of us. And It gave me that freedom of being my own boss because my mom really trusted me and let me run with the position and all that good stuff. But it still wasn't my project, but I had an amazing time. I worked there for a little over a year, Um, and during that time, I was still doing my podcast, my podcast by Scout, and um, it was feeling stale, um, and I didn't know what to do with it. And I was in, I'm sure you've heard this story before, but I was at the Ojai Valley Inn and Spa. With my sister Mads, getting massages and drinking rose by the pool. And I said, Hey, I don't have an episode next week. Do you want to hop on and just record on my phone? And she was like, Yeah, let's do it. And we were a little tipsy and we went into the, um, what's it called, the um, business center of the hotel. They closed it down for us so no one would come in. And we just talked for an hour about The Bachelor, about pop culture. We were laughing. We were eating truffle chips the entire time. And it was, Fun. It was energetic. Like the energy between my sister and I was so captivating to me that two weeks later, I texted her and I was like, we got to do something together. And that's when we decided that we would launch Ocasis Podcast together. And I stopped Podcast by Scout. We launched Ocasis Podcast within two weeks. And for those of you who are sisters and come here because of Ocasis podcast or know me because of Ocasis podcast, we have been able to interview people like Lauren Everts Bostick, Heather McMahon, Lauren Elizabeth, Kenzie Elizabeth, Sivon Ayla, Charlotte McKinney, Amanda Stanton, Cassie and Michelle Randolph. I mean, the list goes on. Koya Webb, Pia Arobio. We've been able to network and become friends with some of our girl crushes that we've watched over the internet for years. We hosted a live event at the Dream Hollywood Hotel in January of 2020, just a few months ago before quarantine, where we got to meet our community of sisters that is so fucking strong. Um, It's been so humbling and insane to think that Mads and I have even created a community and a successful podcast that is now running ads and, you know, has a newsletter and a Facebook group. I mean, it's just, it's more than I could have ever asked for and more than I think Mads and I even dreamed about when we started OK um, And it's also made our relationship so strong. And that's a whole other episode on, you know, the trajectory of Mads and my relationship. But, Damn, that girl's my girl, you know what I mean? And so we've been running OKSys Podcast for a year and a half. Okay, so now I am how old am I? Twenty-seven? Twenty-six? Twenty-seven? And I am working for my mom. I am running OKSys Podcast, but I still feel like I want to be my own boss again and I want to have my own entrepreneurial company that makes money right like that was my whole thing my whole life is I did all these things but it wasn't sustainable enough to support me financially and, and become independent just based off of my work and so that was the one thing missing in my entrepreneurial journey that my stuff made money but not enough to support me so in that sense it was it was kind of a hobby which is what my dad would say. And um, Mads and I hired a PR agency to help with OKSIS, and after we didn't really work well together with them, I realized that I really loved the work they were doing, and I just had this idea. I was like, what if I helped podcasters do three things? Book incredible guests like Mads and I have been able to book, get them as guests on podcasts so they can share their podcast and brand, and do some traditional PR for them. And so the graphic designer from my magazine years before made me a media kit. I remember waiting for him to finish the media kit. I was so excited. There was like this electric feeling within me. I had to do this. I had to get started. I had to see if this was going to work. And I remember telling my husband and my dad that I was doing this and they're like, do you have time for this? Like you have your full-time job, you're running OKSys podcast, you're driving to LA all the time. Like, Are you just starting another one of these projects that you always start? You know, the magazine, then the digital site, then the blog, then the podcast, then another podcast. And this is something that an entrepreneur has to have, guys. You have to say, fuck off to people who don't think you can do it. And that doesn't mean that my husband and my dad didn't think I could do it. They did. They've always believed in me. But they expressed some caution, like, think about what you're doing. And I said, yeah, Noah, I got it. Like, my life, we're good. Thanks for the input. I'm moving forward. And that's what entrepreneurs do. They move forward regardless of outside opinions. And when I finally got that media kit, I had a list of a thousand podcasts and I emailed a thousand podcasts within like week one or two. And my email got blocked because I was sending so many emails. So I opened up another email (laughs) address and I just ferociously started emailing. And my first client was Don't Keep Your Day Job by Kathy Heller, who became a huge mentor in my life and a huge part of my business and she has one of the top podcasts, which was incredible. And I just started garnering up clients and I was serving my clients while working my full-time job with my mom while running okay's podcast. And once it became clear that my, this is, this is Scouts Agency guys, by the way, this is how Scouts Agency was born. Once it became clear that I was actually making money off Scouts Agency, I told my mother I had to quit and we cried and cried and cried for like two hours and It was sad, but she understood that I had to do my own thing, and I went full-time, and I moved out of the podcast space and into representing female brands, businesses, companies like La De and Bala and LA Collective, and I now have an office with two employees, and yeah, I run Scouts Agency, and I run OKSIS, and I run Scout Podcast, and I'll do a whole episode on the nuts and bolts of Scouts Agency and how... I built um, an agency that's represented people like Kat Sadler, which is crazy, Lauren McGoodwin from Career Contessa, just some all-around amazing badass women that I've been able to work with. Um, I'll do a whole episode on that, but that is where my entrepreneurial journey has taken me, and now I'm running payroll and looking up health benefits and <laughs> being a boss of a company that I always knew I had in me. But if you're listening to this, like, I hope you understand how long it took me to get here, My entrepreneurial journey started at the age of twenty two and it went through a lot of iterations. It went through a lot of passion projects. It went through a lot of figuring it out. But every single one of the things that I did led me to the next step and taught me and prepared me for the next step. And so I wasn't really making my own money until I turned twenty-seven. And I was you know, I had the job with my mom where I was making money and, you know, working as a barista, but it took a lot of figuring out and it also took the willingness to be scrappy, to work as a barista and go to college and do your side hustle. And so if you're listening to this and you want to do something, just know that it's okay if the first thing fails because failure is just another way to get to where you need to be faster. So I went through a lot of different phases. People are always like, why are you doing so much? But that's just who I am and I follow who I am and it's it's turned out pretty damn good for me because I'm happy and fulfilled and being challenged on a daily basis by both of my businesses. But that's the way I wanted to live my life. I created this for myself. I designed my future. I said, this is what I want. And then I went after it. And it took a lot of work and a lot of tears and a lot of joy. Um, but that is my entrepreneurial journey. And I feel as if now I identify as an entrepreneur more than Ever. More than anything. That's my identity. And that's where I feel at home. And maybe you're not an entrepreneur. Maybe you want to be the VP or the CEO of a big company. Or you want you know, to be an assistant to a celebrity. Whatever it may be, you have to find where your place is. And then you have to go and get it. And it takes some time and it takes some iterations, but you get there, you get there. And this is not the end of my entrepreneurial journey. Scouts Agency will grow and transform and I'm sure I'll start other things because that's what I love to do. And so yeah, that's a little bit about how I got to where I got today. I will do a whole episode really honing in on Scouts Agency and the nuances of how I grew an agency to a six-figure revenue in one year and worked with amazing women. But for now, I hope you enjoyed this. I hope it gave you a little insight into my career path, which is not super traditional. And I hope you're having a beautiful day.